tonight I would like to explore <coughs> to our three attitudes which I found uh, particularly helpful independent of what kind of meditation practice you have or uh, what kind of uh, sitting you cultivate. So I want to explore those uh, three attitudes in, in our first sitting also and then explain a bit and a little bit I want to make a connection to how these three attitudes support you in investigating the nature of mind, investigating the nature of awareness, which is kind of the project we embarked on. I will not make that the main topic tonight, that will come a bit later uh, in our uh, journey, but I will already uh, mention those three qualities of inborn awareness or Buddha nature which are connected with these three attitudes. But today mainly these three attitudes and how um, you know, how to explore them in your sitting. And the first is easygoing, relaxed, easygoing. So the practice of giving space, allowing, letting things be. In the Dzogchen tradition they call that neither adding nor taking away. So neither adding in the sense <coughs> of oh I want to have a different experience than the one I have. Oh I had this wonderful experience last month in the retreat and I want to go back. Oh I read about this amazing, wonderful meditation experience in a book, and I want to have that. So that's kind of trying to add to what is happening, to control, to fix, to get rid of. Uh, so neither adding nor putting something into the space. Uh, neither adding nor trying to take something away. And when you notice that, at ease. So that's like the at ease. It's a bit, uh, a bit like uh, in the military when, when someone comes in and is like, and then someone says at ease. That's like the relaxed. And it has, of course, a lot to do with what is happening in your body. <coughs> so that at ease is happening in your body. So become mindful, become aware of instructions, gestures, images, where you feel that at ease. The second attitude is interested. And it is amazing what interest can do. It's a it's it's a it's a deeper looking, it's inquiry, it's 
just looking what, what is happening and this curious maybe sometimes even childlike in the Zen tradition it's called beginner's mind this kind of wonder oh boredom wow oh discomfort yeah look at that look at that and then even anxiety wow what's happening so it's a, a curiosity and uh, and acknowledging the mystery of life even of the difficult things we're going to miss even that I think So the it is said that the essence of the Buddhist teachings is the, the syllable ah. If you boil down all the Buddhist teachings and you make the super bouillon of the Buddhist teachings, this little essence cube, uh, it is said it's the syllable ah. And because not so many people understand that, then the Buddha need to, needed to make more words and many books <laughs> needed to be written. First the Heart Sutra and then with 80,000 lines and so on, so on, then the whole library. Uh, but if we are smart, we get it with R. And the R is... Uh, R is... is uh, is that like that open wonder that, that open wonder and the R is also the Sanskrit syllable for negation so when you want to negate something in the Sanskrit language you put an R in front of the word like when you want to uh, negate the self so no self is anatman so it is a, a sense of wonder and in that open space of wonder not finding things in a solid, concrete, threatening way. Neither finding a solid, separate me <coughs> nor finding a solid, separate problem. Because the problem is created. You're co-creator of. You give the you give everything all the meaning it has for you. You give everything. That's pretty in uh, including everything is pretty including. You give everything all the meaning. That's also including all the meaning which it has for you. Nothing has meaning from outside there. So that's what the R means. It is, it is not a negation in the sense of, oh, this does not exist, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an open, loving interest and at the same time 
recognizing the insubstantiality. So that's the interest. And it can make it such a difference if we become interested into what arises. But sometimes when our life seems to be flat and boring and we have a sense we are like in a hamster wheel, every day is the same and kind of a flatness in life. You know, if you become interested, there is something joyful in that. And the third one is uh, <coughs> friendly, maitri, loving kindness. And uh, this I want to explore particularly next week uh, with the practice of self-compassion. So how to how to bring self-compassion into the into your practice or particular pr- techniques to cultivate self-compassion, uh, but. That friendliness, that is really the ground. So this is really the art, what each of you in exp- are, you know, you can explore that. How can I bring gentleness, friendliness into the way I sit? And then, of course, bringing that into your relationships and into your life. So these three qualities we uh, explore them in our sitting but then we can very easily make the connection to our relationship relationships so the openness that's like that so if you are easygoing with yourself you are more easygoing with people there's space around you people feel ah this is a person I can be myself with this is a person I can I can just be myself. So a spacious presence, which is such a gift for the people you live with, for your children, for your partner, for your neighbors. The interest, it's such a beautiful thing to, to start because you are settled in yourself, you are interested in human, in, in human beingness, so you become interested in other people. Ah, wow, tell me your story. How, how did you get here? How did you survive all this? Mm. Being a teenager and going to school, and how did you? How do? How do you get up in the morning? How do you do that? How did you bring your body here? Yeah. <laughs> how did you survive this? How did you manage? How do you manage? How do you? How are you with the pain in the world? How are you with your pain? So there is that. There is that. One of my teachers, psychotherapy teachers, he, he said to me. Every, every person's life is worth to write a novel about. And it's true. Mm-hmm. You might think you have a boring life, but 
I mean, you are a mystery, and you are uh, you are so rich and uh, so uh, so complex. So that's the interest, and uh, and the third is the friendliness, and that's of course uh, the warmth and kindness, which is. Uh, part of your nature and which is probably which is probably the most important the his holiness says uh, my religion is kindness and here not kindness in the sense as a moral obligation <coughs> uh, you should be kind be more kind be more compassionate no I'm a Buddhist I need to be more compassionate uh, be more kind, but a, a, a warmth and a kindness which is there already, and which needs to, which which is waiting for for expressing itself, and of course it has to start with you. That's 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 a big problem. That sometimes when we are on the on the spiritual path, that we kind of tend to overjump this friendliness with ourselves, with our own feelings, with who we are. And then it becomes artificial and very tiring and burdensome. Mm -hmm. So here the kindness is more a kindness which flowers naturally because you are full. And how, how do you get full? How do you discover your wholeness? Yeah, through easygoing, interested, and friendliness in our meditation. And so, you know, if you are a yoga practitioner, if you are practicing different kinds of meditation, different kinds of practices, these three, uh, these three uh, attitudes. Yeah. Also, yoga, easygoing, relaxed, interested, interested in being embodied, and ganz, and very important, the friendliness, so that yoga does not become a a torture. Uh, 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 Perfection, perfectionist project. So let's uh, explore this now. These three, uh, these three attitudes in, in our sitting. <coughs> start uh, with taking some moments to uh, explore the posture. So really take a few moments to allow the body to settle and if you like you can close your eyes. So you notice the way the hips are and the spine 
just like a pile of coins standing by itself without straining yourself. And then the shoulders can relax. It's just a shift without you doing something. It's a it's a natural shift from being in the head to feel the aliveness in the whole body, even down into your legs and into your feet. give yourself the permission to do nothing. The belly can soften. Notice the rising and falling of the belly through the breath. face can soften. And of course con thoughts continue to arise and they are the attitude of <coughs> openness relaxation, letting things be as they are. But they become less important. We kind of fall in love with what is happening in this moment. Initially, it might be helpful to choose uh, an anchor where you can return to. And that can be your hands, sensation in your hands. Combined with the breath. and falling of the belly. 
also the sounds. Then when you notice that you emphasize a story and there might be a sense of being in the head again, then you drop back, you return to the breath, to the hands, to the belly, or to something else which comes to the foreground. Also calls this meditating like the sky. So whatever arises, be it a bird, a warplane, a cloud, a thunderstorm, the sky remains open. It's also sometimes called neither choosing nor picking. still with a little bit of returning, grounding, anchoring yourself. Mm -hmm. All senses are open. And nothing is a problem. Everything just is. It comes and goes.
there's some discomfort, restlessness, or something difficult is coming up, something is annoying you, what we explore here is what happens if you say yes. This is how it is. Yes, it's okay. So you soften a bit, as best as you can. And if you can't, then you allow that to be. Turning and resting. And then maybe it's possible to appreciate the stillness or the presence, or the spacious presence which arises when we sit quietly together. <coughs> kind of a field of awareness which we share. sitting in the sun with your whole body. Second attitude, the attitude of interest. And here. 
here I want to tonight a particular point to the non-static permanent flowing nature to become aware how sensations and thoughts and sounds how they come and go Not much changes in your sitting, that's the same. You allow and you return. There's a bit of a wonder, a bit of appreciating the flow, the flow of the breath, the flow of the sensations, the flow of this voice. there's nothing solid, nothing concrete. It's all in the flow, energy in the flow.
give space to the flow. It's like I give space to the river. I give space to the line, rain falling. <coughs> of your body dissolve and stay with the flow. flow happens by itself. You don't need to do anything. Breath is flowing, the blood is flowing, heartbeat, digestion, thinking, sound. This moment happens by itself. You can relax. into the flow of the thoughts. That's not a problem. And the invitation is to, as best as you can, drop back into the body of the love of it.
quality is the quality of friendliness of Maitri. to bring this into your meditation is to imagine the presence of someone who is embodying that friendliness, that kindness, that gentleness. Mm. So that could be the Dalai Lama or Jesus, it could be Tara, or it could be your grandfather, your grandmother. And you don't need to spend a lot of time with that, just uh, like a glimpse, as if the Dalai Lama steps into the room or your your, your protecting angel. Mm -hmm. So like just to feel the sense of a loving presence. Does it feel to be seen and to be loved in your whole body, from the toes to the top of your head, mm. like sitting in the sun, in the morning sun? and that kindness is an aspect of yourself. So the image or the presence of the Dalai Lama or Jesus is just helping you to connect with that. The whole body from all sides, from all directions.
Glaube. And of course, these three are not really separate. story, see if you can let go of that bubble. notice, oh, I, I'm not that present anymore for the beloved, so you fall back. Not because you should, or because out of discipline, but because it just makes sense to be present for the beloved.
to make a short connection to the three qualities of awareness, the three qualities of your of Buddha nature. Can cannot really say you are because you are the Buddha nature. <coughs> And I am not going deeper into that, but just uh, to start to start to open that investigation, that inquiry. And I'm using a presentation from the Dzogchen tradition of Tibetan Buddhism. Dzogchen means the great perfection. So when the, in the Dzogchen tradition they talk about Buddha nature or the nature of mind, the nature of awareness, the the what the big the big self, the the true self, the true you, the true you, the real you, not the. Not the persona, not the mask, the roles, the memories. So, the nature of mind, it's called. It carries many names in the different uh, traditions. So in Buddhism, there's many names for, for this. Pure awareness, non-dual awareness, emptiness, the emptiness of your mind. In, in Sufism it's called the beloved, so they they emphasize the heart quality of of the emptiness of mind, heart. So when I say emptiness of mind, nature of mind is it's not like here. Not like also mind and heart is is uh, is is the same term in the Buddhist psychology. They, they don't differentiate between mind and heart. So there's uh, in the Dzogchen tradition they talk about these three characteristics of that which is actually beyond words, of course. And the first one is. It's open, boundaryless, infinite. So in consciousness you can't find boundaries. And now forget any anything you know about the brain and what the brain works. It's it's not about that. So we're talking about something else here. So if you explore consciousness, if you explore your inner world deeply, deeply, very deeply, like below the levels of reactivity, below the levels of memories, below the levels of uh, concepts, actually. And so if you look deeply into consciousness itself, and not by reading a book about consciousness, which will not help you to really see or understand consciousness, but by looking to, to the only way you can explore consciousness as a scientist, is through, con through introspection. You can't explore consciousness by looking into the brain of someone else. 
then you then then you explore uh, the uh, then you explore something which is there's of course some connection between brain and consciousness but you explore a different level <coughs> the material level so if you explore consciousness if you explore your inner world you can't found by boundaries it's infinite So the first quality, which or the first attitude, the openness, allowing, the letting be, that's the door or that connects with that innate quality of consciousness and that's the infinite openness, the infinite open presence. So that's why a Christian mystic who is through introspection looking into this, who calls it God. Infinite, contains everything. The second, uh, the interest is connecting with the second quality, and that is uh, knowingness, wakefulness. So the space of this room, the space of where Copenhagen is, the space where the earth is, that's all also infinite, boundaryless, that space, but that space does not know, that space is not aware. So the, the inner the inner space, which is of course then also mingling with the outer space, can't really separate, separate inner and outer space. So but this heart space which we explore, explore they is knows, it's aware. And that knowingness, that awareness is happening right now. Like these words. They are being said and they fall into something which knows them. And that's something. That's something which knows. And that's that knowingness, that uh, wakefulness is effortless. You don't need you don't need to you don't need to do it. It's there all the time. Even in deep sleep. Even if you knock yourself out with a bottle of vodka. The knowingness is there. So that's the second quality. And the third quality which is connected with the friendliness, with the gentleness, is that when we explore the inner space, that infinite wakefulness, we have an experience of goodness. We have an experience of peacefulness.
you have an experience of coming home. You have an experience of safety. That's refuge. So that's the tr true Buddhist refuge. <coughs> when you boil down, I take refuge in Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. There's different levels to these three gems. They are called the three gems. And on the deepest level they meet, they are pointing to the same. To what are they pointing? To the luminous, infinite, boundaryless, knowingness, awareness, wakefulness, which is in the nature of love. So recognizing that and shifting your sense of identity from who you believe you are to this, that is enlightenment. <coughs> that is awakening. That's what the Buddhist teachings is about. That's the that's the mission. That, that's what Lama Sopa says. That's the only project worth doing because that's the only project which brings you home, which lets you experience the wholeness you are yearning for, peace you're learning for, yearning for, the freedom you are yearning for. That's the only practice. All other practices, they are, they are preparation. Yoga, anything. And yoga was to, is developed because as a preparation for this. Otherwise, you can do yoga for three countless eons. Uh, so, of course. A practice like self-compassion, which we will look into next time, that's all necessary you know, as preparing to prepare the ground for this shift from illusion, ignorance into the truth of your deepest self. <coughs>